응, 어서 와. 방탄은 처음이지? says hello and welcome to another episode of grown-ass fandom it's shanae here this is is this the sixth episode that has been done during my trip here to south korea i have officially been here by the time you're listening to this i will be in the sky hopefully riding like i'm supposed to i will likely be very sad i already feel kind of sad it's one of those things where Like, you just start to settle in and it's time to go. Like, I don't know if I'd want to live in South Korea, but, and I don't know if it's just because I'm leaving, I feel like this yearning. Maybe it's because Namjoon still hasn't picked me up yet and he knows I've been here, but I'm not ready to go. And I think it's because I just feel like going back to kind of chaos and life and all this stuff and because this trip has and maybe i'll do this i'll talk about this more in my only fans is that this trip really has changed me in a lot of ways and there's ways that I haven't really put to words yet but again yeah maybe i'll talk about in the only fans that will also be up but yeah as you're reading this i am in the sky or i have been in the sky and i'm editing this and giving it to you because i'm not gonna start editing it till monday because i want to enjoy my last weekend it's friday now i spent the day packing up my stuff and resting so that i could spend the next week the weekend out and enjoying south korea for the last two days and it's gonna be very sad i feel very very sad about it i want to We're trying not to get too emotional, but I want to thank you guys for your messages. There's a lot of them, so I'm still going through them. So you'll get a response to me soon from me soon. But I cannot tell you how afraid I was to post that fucking podcast. And I like if you're in my Discord, you saw it. I was like, should I take it down? Should I take it down? Because I'm so terrified of this community. But I am surrounded by you guys and you guys really gave me so much amazing feedback and let me know that I was doing the right thing because honestly like I said when I when permission to dance happened I flipped out I was like this is I cannot do this anymore like I cannot be in this space anymore I don't know what I'm doing I have to change like what am I like and uh, just like hearing your guys's response to this and how you believe in me and trust me to talk about this and support me and how you were going to go hard for me i just really appreciate and so thank you guys so so much i just can't i cannot even put it to words how appreciative i am of you guys so thank you so much the fact that you guys all agree or like agree to some degree there's some things that you brought up that i want to bring up today but yeah so thank you so much oh our plugs (laughs) make sure that you join the patreon patreon.com slash grown ass fandom at the five dollar level you can join the discord at the three level three dollar yellow you can see the bonus podcast which i haven't had one this last week but i will have one this week i've just been a little behind obviously there's a lot going on and yeah that's what it is i mean it is good to go because it seems like covid is ramping up again and i don't want to get stuck anywhere so but yeah so thank you guys over the last couple weeks we've had amazing growth thank you for joining the patreon 
Thank you for joining my community. Thank you for supporting me. If I would have gone into this year and known that all this was going to (laughs) happen, I had no idea. Do you guys know that I used to do TikToks about Korean snacks? Because I was learning Korean at the time. It wasn't even like, back then I wasn't even super deep into BTS or anything like that. I just was, anyway, that's a whole other story. But yeah, thank you guys. Okay, okay. So we have a couple things to talk about today. And one of the things that you guys told me is that you kind of wanted a return to like locals news and start talking about locals news again and just like open things up. Cause you know, like I said, like ugh, BTS. And then also one of the things I heard about BTS is that they're probably not going to release any mu- new music for a while. And I have a solution for that. So wait till the end, cause we're gonna have like a kind of a weekly fun feature to help us figure out what we're going to talk about every week. But so let's expand because there's a couple exciting things that happened outside of K-pop that I didn't get a chance to talk about and I wanted to talk about. So let's start with somebody who actually means a lot to a lot of ARMY, which is Normani. I don't know. So when you're a black ARMY, there's a couple things you hear about, right? The first thing you hear about, because and this is a bigger discussion that I haven't fully had on this this show yet. I feel like I've had it in bits and pieces. As far as like the the things that Black Army really treasure, one of them is I know that the, the I haven't even seen uh, what is it called? It's not one for the money. Oh my god, what is that show called? Shit, one second. American Hustle, right? American Hustle. There's American Hustle, which I've never seen, and I will never watch just because the clips make me feel very ill and you know I have a very low cringe tolerance but there's the clips there with BTS and a member of the family who is a black woman so that's one of the things you hear about you hear about it you hear about that you hear about the 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 interview with the radio show host and they were like people of color and how good that interview was a couple years ago and the third thing you hear about is Normani (laughs) and BTS losing their shit over Normani and how and I don't do we want to unpack the the complicatedness and sort of like the it's so funny because I have a video that I'm working on because I do want to expand and I don't know if it's going to be on this channel this feed or if it's another feed how I want to do like a pop culture strategy marketing podcast and one of the sh- one of the things I'm working on is an episode about Chris Evans, and most particularly Christopher Jamal Evans, how he's been like being been reclaimed by the black community, and how and why does this happen, and like why, you know, as a means to connect with non-black men specifically, we kind of really cling to these interactions, and obviously, like, I know why, because, and it's, like, bigger, this is a bigger, longer story, but the Normani thing is something that a lot of Black women hold very dear, because it's a clear and specific indication that the members of BTS could have some attraction to Black women, and I know, like I said, I know a lot of Black women think that's stupid, or they think that it's, like, they feel bad for black women who cling to these extra interactions. And I agree, like as somebody who is somebody who really cringes at the do you like black girls certification of comments uh, on TikTok and other places. I also understand that I have a great deal of empathy for this thought because I know where it comes from. It comes from being a product of a society that makes you that makes you feel so unworthy and so unattractive and is so you know, like if you, if anybody likes you, it's a fetish or it's something special or it's unique. And again, I don't think we should be giving badges to men who have eyes, but I do think it is something that's more something we can look at with empathy and unpack it and see how we can change the way that beauty is shown as opposed to shaming women for reacting in that way. This is me getting on my feminist. (laughs) This This is my other stuff. But so I do understand and I get it. And I remember seeing it and it is, it is, it is cool because if you have, if you do have a, a relationship with BTS where you're really deeply attracted to them and you feel really connected to them, it's nice to know that that could be a possibility within them. Yeah. So 
<laughs> With all that being said, Normani has released a song after four years. Finally, after motivation. Gosh, when they saw when when they saw Normani, that was like in 18, So that was like in like 2018 2017 so it's been a while and I think this is interesting too because I relate to Normani a lot I don't know what her astrological sign is okay so Normani is a Gemini but one of the things that I know about Normani is that she's been sitting on stuff for a long time because she's gets stuck in her head in fact in her she wrote a post on her page today telling thanking Cardi for telling her to not be so in her head and there had been numerous reports over the years of her doing projects and trashing them and just like wanting things to be perfect and there's a result of not of, of wanting things to be perfect and like getting caught up in her head and the perception of her and stuff like that she wasn't putting stuff out which was a shame because she just her motivation debut was so amazing and she just is such a star and I think it's a good example of how this is like something I was actually talking about on TikTok not on TikTok on Instagram stories about just like talking about myself and my own process and how it's so easy to get to get like to be what am I what is it it's like could it be in your own way like get in the way of your own success because a lot of times I say that everything that happens to me like I'm my greatest enemy and I'm like my biggest like you know, success and enemy in the same way because I often won't get out of my own way. There it is. I won't get out of my own way. Sorry, PMS brain. And so Normani was talking about this as well, how this is like an issue with her. And so she finally released this song in this video. And I just wanted to like mention it for a second and talk about it for our locals news. So if you guys want to press play with me, I'm going to watch it again and or actually watch it ahead of time and then we'll kind of watch it together with this I'm going to do another mute watch so that I can leave this in and so this Normani sort of follows the flow of what we've seen a lot of kind of contemporary black artists do which is really lean into the sexuality aspect of it and empowerment through sex appeal and you know I have complicated feelings about this I think I've talked about this on the podcast of like how why is it that women liberation oftentimes can be shaped around the male gaze but I think what makes this video different and special is that there is kind of like an artistic feel to it so like there's this part where there's like male dancers around her doing all this amazing stuff and then they're the objects of desire which I think is really interesting and there's just like something artistic about not that other things are not art but there is something a little different about how she's presenting the sex the sexual images with her and the thing that I think is most noticeable about this, and this is the part that we're coming up of now, is that she reminds me so much of Aaliyah. And Aaliyah's 20th anniversary of her death was, I think it was either her death or her birthday, was just a couple days ago. And when I was growing up, I was obsessed with Aaliyah. And this outfit, even the feel of this part of the song feels very Aaliyah. In fact, it might even be a, is it a sample? I'm not sure. But the fit itself is very Janet Jackson, I would say. Uh, mixture with Aaliyah and it's just like the future and you know especially when we compare you know images like this to images for example from girl groups because I know we've all been talking about girl groups and stuff like that and while these images do feel like they are really centered in some ways in the male gaze she does feel like she's in charge of what's happening and she has a lot of agency within the images that she is expressing. The body is amazing. Romani, oh my God. She's in this like um like pasties thing and she's doing a dance with herself. And it's just like a really cool again, like it's it's sexy in all those ways, but there is something very artistic about it. And I don't know if it's because she's a dancer and so the way that she moves in her pointed feet and stuff like that. But it is, it just feels somehow slightly different, even though there are lots of videos that kind of have a similar thing. Then we have Cardi. So the whole thing I was thinking when I was watching this Cardi part is like, do I want a full leg piece tattoo that goes up my leg like that? Because hers looks really good. 
I'm happy for Cardi. You can tell that she really loves her body, which I love. I do wonder if this part with Cardi and Norma, I would love to hear from the queer community. What, how do you feel about, is Cardi queer? Y'all let me know. I don't know if Cardi is officially queer or not, but what do you guys think of a lot of the, like, I feel like all of the black artists and singers have some level of kind of queer aspect to some elements of their videos. And I'm just wondering how everybody feels about that. And I can't speak to it, but I just want to know what you guys think about that type of thing. Yeah, I love all the sort of sets. And again, there's something that feels very early 2000s about it. I don't know if it's because just that's just her energy and the way she moves and because she's dancing. I also know that there is a t- new Tanache song that I haven't seen yet. Maybe I'll cover that next week. But yeah, the Normani video is amazing. The song, I, the song, I might have to grow on me a little bit. I feel like it's not, I feel like the song is good, but it doesn't feel very distinct in my opinion, even though I like the groove of it. Maybe it'll kind of settle in for me. And I don't want to compare it to motivation because that's not fair, but I do think that the song is interesting and I think I need to listen to it a couple of times before I make any decisions about it. Like, it's like, I don't have like an instant like, ah, like for example, for PTD, but there is something that I'd be curious to listen to it without the video because I think the video really elevates it. I really like Cardi's part and some of the elements of the song that again feel like Aaliyah. But yeah, let me know what you think about Normani, what you think about her song, what do you think about the videos and the trend of kind of the artists having the same. And again, there is something to be said about, you know, and a lot of black feminist writers and creators have talked about how it does often feel like black women are only allowed to present themselves in this way and why is that but I still think it's I think it's pretty cool I think it's pretty cool speaking of okay so I also want to talk about Doja Cat and a new album and how much I love it. And I think Doja Cat's really interesting because you know how I talked about how a lot of times black women are only allowed to have this own image. I think that she, that Doja Cat still has to deal with that kind of needing to have like a sexual image. But I think she is able to be a lot weirder. I think you saw with Megan Thee Stallion's last song, she was able to lean into the weird and the message more. And I feel like Doja Cat with her videos and her visuals and stuff like that, she also kind of goes for the high art weirdness. And she really like allows herself to be weird and just not typical anything. And I think, you know, we can talk about how because she is a mixed woman, she does have a little bit more privilege and leeway to do that than some of her darker skin counterpoints, counterparts. But it is really cool to see her be able to express herself in a lot of interesting ways and to kind of just like be kind of out here being weird and being so successful you know she's had a lot of controversy around her but I think as a brand positioner as a brand position even the way she started as like this meme I'm a cow I don't know if you know about I'm a cow and how she's been able to build that into becoming a brand that's really singular and I think a lot of people look to Dua Lipa because we're because one thing that people are always complaining about is like we don't really have pop girls anymore and i think that that's true you know there's not really been another britney spears or whatever that's like a traditional straight up pop girl who's really kind of pushing the boundaries around visuals and the songs and kind of making bangers and stuff like that and so people have said well do a leap up and actually like her last album a lot isn't she it but she doesn't really give the performance aspect that a lot of people want and I know she's working on it but I think the cool thing about Doja Cat is that she does she not only gives you the cool bangers but she's also giving you visuals so I think we should start saying that Doja might could be a successor to Britney and you do like music has changed a lot since then but if you kind of go with 
the music, like giving giving consistent bangers, having a lot of, you know, looks, very signature. I just think that she's it. So I might do like a more in-depth analysis of Doja Cat in the future, but I just want to say that and how much I like her. And even though she's had the controversies that she has debunked, I don't know. I feel like she's cool. Let me know if I should not be into her (laughs) or if something's going on, but I really like her. Okay, so moving on, let's talk about something I was thinking about when you guys were sending me messages about BTS and like your feelings about what were hap- what was happening. I got a lot of different messages and perspectives about kind of what's going on, how we all feel about it. And one thing that kind of came up, and I'm trying to think of who said it. Let me check. One of the things that you guys talked about was the fact that, like, you liked what I was saying. And one of the things that you were also discussing is that you hadn't even really thought about the song in that way before. And I and I remember, and I was, like, listening to that sort of idea of this. So one of you guys mentioned something really interesting to me when I was listening to the audio notes, which is this idea that like a lot of people don't actually have like their enjoyment of BTS has nothing to do with the music, like that they weren't actually listening to the music. They were just like vibing to the song. They were vibing to their interacting with each other and stuff like that. And when one of you guys told me that I was like, Oh, yeah, because and I remembered something about myself that I had totally forgotten. And that is, I think I mentioned this on the the podcast, but I did not get into BTS as the music BTS until further into my journey. In fact, I remember, so I got into BTS in april so let me go back so it was first i was into black pink and i was listening to a lot of black pink really into black pink and then i was in sm and i was listening to some nct again not knowing anything about it just listening to the music and then i got to into bts but i hadn't really been listening to the music what i was doing is i was watching run bts and i was watching bon voyage so when i first started getting into bts i didn't listen to much of the music i watched compilations and when I saw the compilations I would be like okay where did this come from and then I would watch Bon Voyage and I remember watching Bon Voyage and watching Run BTS so much during that time that I had talked to my therapist at the time and I was worried about myself I was like oh my god I am so into this like I'm so involved with this and so then and I should go back and watch Bang Con because then I watched Bang Bang Con with my friend who is also like was my first army friend and we were watching it and we were like we don't know a lot of these songs <laughs> like we knew for example I knew like Ugg because I was really excited to hear it I knew Boy With Love and a couple of things about like, the first song they sang and the other songs like I didn't really know them I hadn't gotten too deep into this discography so I too was a BTS vibe person And I think that this is really, really fascinating and interesting to discuss because it kind of makes me, it doesn't make me feel better about people being shameful about the song, but it does help me put into context like why people have different relationships with the song. And my friend also mentioned this where she was like, I listened to the podcast and you made good points. And she was like, honestly, I just see them as entertainments of just like object. You know what I mean? Like they're just like whatever. And again, like it just is, it just, I found it interesting because it's true and it is perfectly valid. Like you could, okay, here's the thing. Like, I think that's why there's so many weird conversations going on with an army because people are, there are a huge population of people who view BTS and their presence and when they're hanging out together, that is the vibe. The music is just bonus. It's just like topping on the cake. And I know that because I was like that for a month because, and I think that there is a lot of quarantine armies that might be like this because of the way that they're releasing things. And then I got into, into the soup and stuff like that. So I, 
it, it's really, I hadn't really like, I had thought about it, but there are for some people that BTS are kind of like the Kardashians. I know that sounds weird, but whenever I talk to people who like the Kardashians, the reason why they like them is because of their family dynamic. Because despite the fact being really rich and really glamorous, and I'm not even touching on the more problematic aspects of the Kardashians, but despite those those things that their family dynamic and the way they're there for their each other and the fights they have each other and the sort of experiences they have with each other is what makes people really attract to them and gives the and, and makes them want to support them and look at their stuff now you know that also means that they want so it's kind of like the kardashian boyfriend experience is more like so you're into the kardashians you like their relationships and stuff like that and you want to look like them like you want to emulate them and you and they have set a beauty standard with bts it's like that idea of wanting to be them it's more like you want to be with them you want to be friends you want to be a part of their relationships you have to get you want to feel that bond and so if you watch permission to dance and you weren't even really thinking about the music per se you just like watching bts be themselves with each other in those interactions and you've been watching and you've been watching sort of compilation my favorite is cookie stands you know cookie stands youtube and watching soap edits and stuff like that then the soap moment was enough for you you know and I don't know I just find that fascinating and it's like a part of the strategy that I knew about but I didn't think about because I had gotten so into my narrow-minded view of disappointment around the changing music landscape when I am neglecting another essential part of the strategy which is people because again like we talk a lot about parasocial relationships and how they're good and how they're bad and one of the reasons why parasocial relationships are such a big thing and I was actually talking about this to another content creator that I talked to here about managing parasocial relationships and dealing with sort of that energy and what it is is that like people just want to connect with each other and I told her I was like I think the best way to deal with parasocial relationships is to give people a community in which they can make friends and community and stuff with each other and that's what my discord is about like my discord like like stuff happens in there and I have no clue what's going you know what I mean that discord is like outside of me they exist totally outside of me and so that the the parasocial relationship that people might have with me has been turned into a relationship that they have with each other and so and I think that that's also why that community is a lot is really level-headed about BTS because they are able to take a step back and they have are getting that need fed in other ways but I think that a lot of other people they are looking to BTS for comfort and seeing them be together and be bonded and be a team and love each other comforts them and the stuff that I was saying and the stuff that other people who are critiquing this song are saying really takes away from that fantasy for them because nobody wants to think that the members of BTS and what they're doing and the way that they're making us feel and how they treat each other is somehow a ruse or fake or a part of a business practice you want to feel like they're a family and you're a part of it just like I think people understand that a a big part of the Kim Kardashian world is fake I do think that they also find comfort in it and they want to feel like it is something that can be real for them So that was just something that I thought was really interesting when I was talking to y'all where you guys were sending me messages about all this was this aspect of it. And I wanted to talk about it a little bit because I just think it is what is stand. And I've talked about this many times before. It is what stands out about BTS. And there was a there's a TikTok going around right now about how Bam Bam talks about how a lot of the friendships are fake and how a lot of them are doing it for the cameras and people in the comments have got got really defensive about all their groups uh, because nobody wants to think that. And, you know, like the idea that BTS, oh my God, like I imagine that some of it is put on, but God, if they're faking a lot of the stuff I've seen, they are psychopaths. <laughs> like, because I think I've gotten this question many times before and I think I've answered it multiple times. So they can pretend, but only up to a point. And I think that the small moments that we see for them, at least indicate a level of respect at least at the very least respect for each other and like a brotherhood between them 
although how you feel the intimacy is will vary based off of who you are and what you think your opinions are. So that is something that I think, and so people like to see that, like people like to see an authentic family succeeding and growing together on their own. And so the idea that there could be some, something that's not so pure about it, even if it's just the music or even it's whatever can be bothersome. And I can, and I could recognize that. And so I do recognize that I like, I, whether the question of like, is your relationship with BTS healthy is, is a moving target as somebody who, like I said, I still feel freshly pulled out of the matrix. I, for example, we'll we'll just touch on Namjoon's live a little later. And it he's beautiful and he's like such like such a you know, yeah, that. But it did not take over me like it usually does. It didn't pull me into the abyss like it usually does. It, I feel like it was a nice healthy balance. I think that I've gotten so good at that I've really separated myself and woken myself up so well that I've started complaining about men again. Cause like, I feel like for a while I was like, men are trash, but you know, <laughs> y'all stay safe out there. But now I'm like, Oh fuck. Like I actually, I actually have to deal with this shit too. <laughs> like it's not just everyone else. I too have to deal with everything that's going on. So yeah, I think that that part, I just want to point out. Because I think it's definitely valid and I think it's a, a way that way more people interact with BTS than we think, especially when you think about the nature of how BTS is consumed as far as like, what are people buying? For example, people buy, I don't buy albums. I don't have any albums. Maybe if we reach a certain amount on Patreon, I'll do like a unboxing of my first BTS album. I've been to a couple K-pop shops here and I've seen the albums and they're huge where do you guys put them where do you guys put them so yeah i don't have a bts album but if you looked at albums they're cds and people don't even have cds players anymore but they want the photo cards and so you know there is this like the level where you do not have to consume anything like you could literally watch the videos and stuff and the compilations and the concert footage because that's what i survived on for a long time is that like i was just like watching concert footage and shit and just like vibing and then I got really into the music because I realized that it was really, really good and I was missing out. But there's, I think, but if you, but again, if you're a Dynamite Army and you know Dynamite Butter and maybe you've heard Boy With Love and you have those records, but you don't play them, it's easy to not feel disappointed or misled or feel like something is amiss by uh permission to dance it's easy for you to to not to like scoff or be offended by the idea that some of us had that we know bts can be better because for you this is the version of them that you oh no is it storming oh my gosh i was about to take after this i wanted to take a main character walk outside but it looks like it's gonna rain. Oh, but that could be kind of a vibe too. I do like walking in the rain. Although my umbrella is not very good. Is it supposed to rain now? You guys don't care about this. <laughs> okay. Oof, uh, 6 p.m. Oh yeah, it's about to start raining. Ooh, should we try to go vibe? My umbrella is broken. Okay, okay, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, that's that. Let me know what you think about that. Let me know if you have a relationship to BTS like that where it's very much just like you're vibing on the vibes of them being together and you're not so much concerned or focused on the music. Let me know if that is the case. Yeah? Okay, let's move on. Okay, so we have a new thing that we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. It's a community project, and we're going to be looking back at all the albums going backwards in time. So we're doing B, and then we're going to do Map of the Soul 7, so on and so forth. And I'm just going to be reviewing the albums. Keep in mind that I don't know anything about music, and my tastes are quite ratchet. But I wanted to review some of the songs and the music 
and talk about the eras. And we're actually going to do a little thing where we're going to pick what's your favorite song, your least favorite song. What song do you think would be good to give to a local if you wanted to get them into BTS? Because one of the big discussions we have is like, okay, like we want the locals bait from some of the other stuff. Who you think era it was. And yeah, so it's like favorite song, least favorite song, best song to give a local. Who era was it? And maybe favorite moment? I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so my overall thoughts on the album. So I said this I said this thing last week where I talked about whether or not BTS was positioning themselves as adult contemporary artists. And I do feel like a lot of the cuts here, and I don't know if that's because of... So another thing that's notable about B, Namjoon was not involved with it. He did not submit songs for this. Uh, I don't remember what he did. I think he just participated and sat back. You know what I think that is. But I think that this album overall has kind of like a really kind of like adult contemporary feel to it almost kind of like like an early 2000s Coldplay album which is ironic because there was just like a Coldplay leak leak apparently Coldplay and BTS collaborated on a song and so overall the the album feels a little bit more adult in my opinion and it doesn't really have as much of the whimsy I would say or just like the fun overall as some of the other albums have but that doesn't mean it's not fun or it's not deep I think think there's just like more of like a sophisticated grown-up edge to it and so let's talk about it let's talk about each of the tracks how I feel about them and you should tell me how you feel about them too life goes on life goes on is just a song that I feel like grew on me with time uh, this is not my type of song. I feel like the first one, two, three, four songs are not my type of songs, but I feel like life goes on. Life goes on. Does I feel like I have? I just feel like it is a well-timed song, and I feel like the message is really nice. I think that the Sugar's verse in that song really lifts the song up. I think he really does a lot to make that song work because as soon as he enters, the song gets a lot of energy. I don't really listen to it very often, but when it comes on, I don't skip it. But again, it's because it's just like not my type of song. But I do think that it's good. I would not have picked it as the title track. I think that, again, when we talk about like BTS positioning themselves and like how they want to be perceived and how they want to be perceived as sort of like goodwill ambassadors for good, and for to to be inspirations in this sort of way and so I think that the point of the song and I know that it brings a lot of people a lot of comfort for that I'm good so fly me to my room I've never cared for but when I saw it on muster I liked it more it's just again we just then this part we're talking about tastes and if you're not a arm like if you're a ratchet army some of the stuff is just not gonna hit with you i think fly me to the room is just like i do think it's like a really nice melodic song like it's very much something you would hear while you're out and about and you're like shopping and stuff and you're like like i do feel like fly me to my fly to my room is kind of like i know the themes aren't the same but i do feel like what it's trying to achieve nah I was going to say, what is this trying to achieve is like what Permission to Dance is trying to achieve. I actually don't think that's true. I think that belongs more to telepathy, which I will talk about in a second. So, yeah, that's how I feel about Fly Me to My Room. Blue and Gray, I know that people love Blue and Gray, and I think it's a beautiful song. Like, every time I hear it, I'm like, ah, oh, fucking that shit slaps. That shit really hits but as a soulless monster with no soul. It just doesn't hit for me. But I think it's such a beautiful song that I want to see. It's 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 giving original soundtrack vibes, like very much original soundtrack. A song in a movie, and it's so good for V's voice. And it's just such a beautiful song. And V, where's the mixtape? Hmm. Give it to us. So next we have telepathy. I go back and forth on whether telepathy or disease is a stronger song. I listen to disease more, but for me, telepathy is what Permission to Dance could have been. 
or what I wanted it to be. And I think the themes of it and stuff like that, I think, could have also worked without it being, like I said, so performative. And it's just a, it's just like a, when we talk about BTS can do like amazing things. So being disappointed in certain songs is disappointing. I think telepathy is one of those songs where you're like, oh, fuck. BTS is so good and it's got such a happy performance when they perform it. It's just really good. Like I said, I go back and forth on like how I feel about which one is better. But it's such a it's such a banger of a song. And then we have Disease, which I think Disease is a top 10 BTS song. Let me know what y'all think. I just think that it is so well constructed. It's a banger. The way that song goes up and down and the way that it moves and the dynamics of it the message of it is what I feel like it's just true this is what BTS is here's what they can do better than anybody else in k-pop at, I, 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 I'm multi-stands I can't say shit like that but I just think that disease is a really good song it's just a really good song and then the bridge stop I would like go back and watch the I would go back and listen to the bridge over and over again because it's just so amazing it the way it soars the energy of it it's just a song that kind of has a lot of range and you just you just don't know where it's going quite and it just goes up and down and around and once it's done you're like damn let's listen to it again so yeah I'm a huge disease lover I love that fucking song again I go back and forth about best song and best song to give a local but those two, I guess we'll discuss it in a second. Stay. I know that people have mixed thoughts about Stay. But for me, my favorite cuts on B are Telepathy, Disease, and Stay. Maybe it's because I feel like it does have like a... It, it doesn't feel necessarily like BTS. Okay, the other thing about Disease and Telepathy, let me go back to them for a second. Is when we talk about like brand evolution and like how... BTS because people one of the arguments that people make for permission to dance is that they're they're doing something different right or they're evolving and changing and for me telepathy disease and stay represent that change in like experimenting with other stuff and doing more stuff better than butter dynamite or permission to dance do do and so I think a lot of people feel that stay just doesn't hit for them but I like it I think that their voices sound good on it one of the things one of the critiques I have for Bia as a whole is I feel like there's not enough gin do you guys feel that way like there's not enough gin but I like stay I like the way that they use Namjoon and I like the performance of it during uh, the muster so and then there's dynamite and have we I guess I've never talked about dynamite and I like Dynamite. I love the B-side video for Dynamite. I like the song. I think that my response to Dynamite is probably people's response to Permission to Dance is that I was like, oh, okay. And like I vibed with it. And then at one point I was like, I'm literally going to hurl myself out the window if I hear that fucking song over time. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. But before that, for the most part, I just was vibing. And I think that it's, I think Dynamite is a fun, cool experiment for BTS. In the American, I thought that it was well-timed. I think it's a good strategy. I like that song. And I know a lot of people don't like it. And and I'm sure, like, I wasn't around back then, but I'm sure I would get on here and critique it as well. There are some stuff, again, uh, people have pointed this out, but like auto-tune and stuff like that, which they can sing. I don't know why they keep doing that. Just like bring the songs down a key or something, if that's the issue. But anyway, I love, I like Dynamite. I like the video. I, especially the B-side one, I do miss the rap parts. But I think that Dynamite was a great strategy. I think that it was well-timed. I think that everything around it makes sense. I think that often, I think that a lot of ARMY would have no issue because, you know, this big thing about American songs or whatever. I don't think any ARMY would have any issue if they did Dynamite and then starting this year kind of went back to not even just doing the English songs, but just like doing music that's more in line with what was kind of the beginnings of the evolution of their style with B. I don't think anybody would have issues with that. So, but again, people don't like Dynamite, which is fine. 
Dynamite doesn't bother me, especially now. I was listening to Dynamite the other day and I was like, listen, a fucking bop. I feel the same way about Butter. Like there's this, the, the, the big Jimmy Fallon Butter performance. Do I have time to talk about that? Listen, <laughs> Butter is a whole anthem. I'm just going to start calling it that. They looked so amazing, so fucked. I think that it was like a wink to all of us. I don't know. You guys did, did, did somebody at Hive listen to the podcast? Because Namjoon came out talking about his songs. We got the Butter sex performance. I do feel like I'm being watched a little bit. But yeah, the performance for Jimmy Fallon, because I was going to ignore everything this week. My TikTok, I'm like officially kind of in my flop era. I'm like in my like, what's the era of somebody's career where they just like don't give a shit and so they, they're posting whatever they want. That's where I am just because I was just going to ignore all this and I didn't want to chase it like everyone else was. But the performance just like spaghetti, spaghetti. I don't even know who Sugar fucking is anymore. I've been saying this. I'm gonna call him Sugar Spaghetti because he just looks so fucked. And then like Bob Ross Tay, which I've been talking about how when freaking Bob Ross fucked Tay during this time was just like a revelation, a revolution. And honestly, it didn't last long enough. It really didn't. I miss him. And Jimin and Tay during that one part, Tay looking us directly in the camera and being like, yes, I've seen Shanae Howard. Hey, Shanae on TikTok. I've seen her fucking disappointed Dom videos. And I feel like here, here you go. And I just don't know. I'm sorry, everyone, that he's doing that. <laughs> Am I sorry? And JK, I already made a TikTok about this. So you've heard all these jokes before. I made a TikTok and y'all, I look so depressed in the TikTok. TikTok. I kind of want to take it down going through some stuff right now. So, <laughs> But like anytime they, they dress JK like an uncle, like an uncle from Florida, he just like hoes it up. I like that. I do. I do like it. It's just such a weird thing how that, how, how like literally an uncle fit just unlocks the hoe in him. Yeah. And then Nam June just looking like a daddy. Hobie giving us Julius Caesar. I really like his hair. I think it's the best hair. I haven't done his hair video yet. But why hair Hobie? Mm. Did you see how in one of the videos they said that Hobie is terrified of cutting his hair? Why? He looks great. Do you guys hear the rain? Do you remember earlier when I said I was going to go on my main character walk? I think it's raining too hard for a main character walk. Okay, so yes. So, okay, so let me make my B awards. So for me, my favorite song on B is going to have to be Disease. I feel like that's the one I I watch the most. Or that's the one I listen to the most. It's like been on my top played songs for months now. And... So I think that that is my favorite song, closely followed by Telepathy. As far as whose era it was, I think that the voice that I feel like I can recall the most and that sort of had the most to do was Taze. Let me know if you agree with this or not. I feel like he was just given a lot. JK always gets a lot, but I think that Tay really stood out on this album. But then also I think just the like the way that Hobie gave us disease should be notable. But then... <laughs> Sugar lifts so many of these songs. Like life goes on with not would not work without his verse, I don't think. And yeah, but I'm gonna give it to whose era was it? I think I'm gonna give it to Tay. What do you guys think? I feel like Blue and Gray is like the song of this era. I feel like when everybody talks about this era, they either talk about disease or blue and gray. And his voice on blue and gray, and then also I loved him on disease. I don't know. I'm going to say Tay, but I could be convinced otherwise. My favorite song, yeah, is disease. The song that I would give to locals would be actually telepathy. Actually, it'd probably be disease. I feel like disease. I feel like disease is like the closest to like 
a good bridge between BTS now and BTS in the past. So I would give them disease for the locals. My least favorite song, I want to say Dynamite or Fly Me to My Room. I don't know. I really like all the songs, but like the ones that are like very much I don't listen to at all would probably be Fly Me to My Room. I don't listen to at all, even though I kind of I like it. Like I like all the songs. And then Blue and Gray, I can't make my least favorite song or everybody will come after me. So yeah. So I have a little thing on my new Instagram. You can follow my Instagram, instagram.com slash grown ass fandom, where I have a little graphic where you can give your answers for a favorite song, least favorite song, song for locals. Who is your, who do you think ran the era? Oh, and your favorite moment of the era. So this, so B, the B era was really interesting because when it came out is when they were doing all of those musical performances and Suga was not there because he was recovering from his surgery. And I think the thing that was most noticeable and my favorite part of the whole era is how whipped they are for Yugi and how Yugi and how like they missed him so much. They spent like what three was a hundred thousand dollars to have a, a, a holograph of him there in the performance, like making room for him and all the stuff and having his little picture everywhere. I just love that. And again, it's like when we talk about is the BTS effect real or is it fake? In that moment it really felt real. I know that there's some been some theories in that I've heard floating around about sort of like whether or not having Yungi not be there really changed their mindset around enlistment and how at the at, at one point they were like, yeah, everybody just um, fucking go when it's time to go. But like seeing how much they struggled without Yungi, they were like, okay, we just need to all go together. And I think that that's a pretty idea of probably what happened there. So those are my picks. Go to Grown Ass Fandom and like, look, listeners, we're trying to promote, we're trying to expand. Oh, another big part of that era was this was like when Jungkook had his uh, long hair, right? JK had his long hair. Mm. Yeah, and everybody was going crazy after that. At the time, me and my friends were just like, please fucking cut it because I know that everybody in ARMY loves it, but it was his hair was a screaming. It like, please. Please let me go. It was an odd time, I would say. Okay, let's move on. I feel like this podcast is getting long, but I guess it's okay if it's long because I have 10 hours to edit it. 20, 34. Okay, so now I want to just talk a little bit about the Louis Vuitton collaboration. Did you guys see the video? Did you? What did you think of it? Stop and tell me on SpeakPipe. Okay, so about the LV sort of video, I do think that it's cool that they were the centerpiece of the video and they were really highlighted in it. And so a lot of times with these types of things, the so LV has had relationships with other influencers in the past. And so it's nice that uh, sort of BTS is really showcased in this video. The video itself, I thought was really smart because they did bring out each of the members one at a time so you were forced to watch the whole thing if you wanted to see all the members i'm not crazy about the clothes i'm just i'm not crazy about louis vuitton overall i feel like the their fashion is a little just it feels very dated it just doesn't feel current of the times i do think that they're missing a unique opportunity to create like a signature piece you know kind of like what happened with gucci belt a couple years ago where it became the investment piece to put like people's outfits together to kind of make it more high-end especially with BTS and their audience, it would have been a really good opportunity to showcase a specific accessory or something like that. That would really kind of be something that could be a potential investment piece for ARMY. The issue with the collection is that there's so many pieces that are kind of like will not be super good investments because they're very season dependent, which is how Louis Vuitton typically is. And so I just am curious to see what the the kind of return on investment will be. I think somebody pointed out that this is probably more just about Louis Vuitton having a overall higher profile in general, and maybe they're not too interested in having ARMY actually purchase Louis Vuitton stuff. But I think it's cool. I think that a sort of 
Hobie wearing the glasses was like kind of a good idea. So like kind of focusing on unique pieces that can be like stuff that the that army can be like, oh, this is great. The price point is also a little high. So I was looking through the website and trying to pick like wait, what is like a piece that could be like a potential investment piece for maybe like a Gen Zer with a good job or with rich parents or like a millennial working BTS fan. And even like the bags that I think could be like classics are still in the $3,000 range. So it's a very, very high price point for the stuff. So I just think that it would have been a cool opportunity to just bring out an accessory that you know, army could want, but maybe that's not their goal. Again, the goal is just to raise the profile. Like I said, not crazy about the clothes. I think of all the fits I enjoyed, Tay's fit the best. I also really liked Jin's fit. Like I think that like the hat, Namjoon's hat, I wasn't crazy about. I thought that the fashion was better in the video than it was in that sort of still, but you know, the Virgil style is very specific. Again, I'm not like crazy about what he's doing, with the video, but I think it's cool that BTS is a part of it now. And the plaid coat is kind of nice. The glasses could be interesting. It's just everything is at such a high price point. I just am wondering what it will be. And like I said, if it was up to me, I would have them have a partnership with a more classic uh, brand that I think might be within the realm of what a lot of ARMY is already aspirationally trying to get. Like, Alexander McQueen. Of course, Dior Hobie is infamous for a reason. It's interesting that they do not have a collaboration with Dior, maybe Chanel, YSL. Like there's other brands that I would put them with ahead of Virgil in this situation. But the video was kind of cool. Like I said, it's kind of cold. It is always interesting how BTS gets rendered for the West and other audiences and stuff like that. Is that they obviously this is for the Korean brand I think but it is weird how like a lot of the times when BTS is presented to the culture a lot of their personality is stripped out but yeah I definitely think I don't love the clothes <laughs> but I think it's an interesting video and I'm and I would love to see the numbers as far as what was selling out when I went it didn't seem like anything was sold out but then somebody told me that certain things had been sold out and maybe they're just like constantly restocking so and that's like something interesting too about like the optics of not having things sell out like they usually do for example if somebody had like oh my god there's this that sweater from Irene is good that Hobie was wearing. I'm obsessed with it. That says you good question mark. Do you guys remember that? It's a yellow sweater he wore in a run BTS episode. I wanted it so bad. It's like such a perfect piece of my wardrobe and it sold out. Uh, that's another thing that sort of South Korea made me more aware of is like fashion and clothes and like my style and stuff. So I'm excited to go back out into the world. Although, are we going back out into the world with all these breakthrough cases and stuff like that? It seems like now COVID is like a vaccinated person's problem. Love that. Uh, I wish we could just, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But yeah, those are my thoughts about the show. What did you think of it? Would you buy anything that they were wearing? What were your favorite fits I feel like I will spend more time on this in another episode this one's just getting kind of long but yeah these are my thoughts of the LV and like the overall strategy of having them be brand ambassadors for a brand is really interesting I think I've been on the record of saying that I don't love how they style them I think it's the styling has gotten better in the last year but like the all one brand styling is just like not my thing I would really like for them to be patrons of more independent artists I know that for muster they kind of use some local Korean designers for some of the fits the those terrible Guy Fieri fits Ooh, but like I said Jimin and Tay's fits that day were kind of cool but yeah I would like to see them be more ambassadors for Korean brands and not necessarily do this but it is what it is okay so finally let's talk about Namjoon's live so I'm recording this actually this part right here I'm recording late because all these things have happened and I want you to know that I am going to be talking about a few things next week so consider this a preview what I'm going to be talking about next week the podcast, maybe we go to, uh, I know this is going to come out on a Wednesday. Maybe we go to a Wednesday schedule for a little bit, but I am 
going to be talking about the President Moon designation for BTS and what it means and how I truly feel like the Permission to Dance and this new fancy title are deeply connected. And I'll talk more about that. And so that's something I will talk about. Also, I know that Yoongi had a live. I will talk about that. I haven't even watched it yet. I'm actually going to be talking about Blackpink next week. And we're going to be talking about Map of the Soul 7. So that is your preview for next week's show. Okay, so Namjoon's live. It was just one of the things about Namjoon is, and again, like I, like I said, I'm not under the spell like I was. Or this would have really gotten me. But, and I did a TikTok about this as well. It's just that he, despite all the stuff that is happening, he just manages to be so unassuming. And I don't know how he fucking does it. Like, I don't know how he's able to really sit down and just look like some dude. I think his his haircut really helps because his haircut makes him look less like an idol and more just like your hot neighbor that you've been dying to talk to. Does it not? So like I'm obsessed with how he looks in in the video in in that live video like the shirt the fucking studio with the candles literally looks like if you put your boyfriend like your dream boyfriend dream like vision board in your room that's how it would look that's literally the energy that it's giving and having him talk about the music and the songs and really because he hasn't done that in such a long time because he hasn't been involved with a lot of the music, which is really great. And it's just so sexy to hear him be so passionate about the process. And it seems like he had a lot of fun helping with a TXT song. And I love that song. I love TXT. I am a MOA officially. And again, loving TXT is just so drama free. <laughs> it's so like stressless. I just love it. But yeah, it was really cool to listen to him talk about the music and how he the process because those are my favorite lives is where he really breaks down the process of making the songs and what goes into it like I'm really into art and creation and hearing people's processes around things I get off on work and so hearing him talk about the work was just like really fun to watch again just the way he looks it was just like very boyfriend and I know that if you were delusional before it probably made it worse because it just he just is so personable he doesn't act like he has millions of dollars and is the leader of the most popular band in the last and and for a generation and I think that's what's like disturbing about it in some ways is that they feel so close but so far away which I will talk about a little bit next week so yeah I just the live was great it was too short I wanted it to be way longer there's that moment where he was just joking around with the lights and stuff and I was just like why are you so cute and I was just like smiling the whole time and it's hard because it's like it just makes you feel like a uh, I was just, I was literally having a breakdown about this in the Discord. If you want to be previewed to my breakdowns every week, you should join the Discord because that's what I do is I just like have breakdowns around BTS every couple days because you just feel like, you feel stupid sometimes for falling for it, for, 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 falling into the whole like falling into this vortex of emotions for somebody who doesn't know you who doesn't care about you and you're just sending all this energy one way and they're sending it to your way just generally and so when he sits down and talks to you it seems like he's talking to you but he's not he's talking to all the other bitches that love namjoon which by the way the numbers on that v live are atrocious we should all be ashamed of ourselves we need to show everybody the same amount of energy but yeah, I, I liked the live. It didn't make me feel crazy, but if it did, it's not your fault. Like he literally really did that. Like he really sat in there with a fuck with wearing like the, the whole uniform, which is like a shirt and gray sweatpants, which everybody knows is the male hoe uniform. He did that fucking thing and just was like looking adorable, looking sweet and unassuming fucking candle lit in his studio which was like really nice has like a chair couches and all that stuff so I yeah that's those are my thoughts of the lives that it was great and I still am just another bitch that loves Namjoon but now I feel like I'm a bitch that loves Namjoon but 
doesn't get so affected by him, which is nice. I think that's it. This this podcast is getting super long and I'm already having a hard time getting it out, but I will get it out today. You don't care. You're listening to it now. And I think that's it. I will respond to your speaker pipes. Again, thank you guys so much for sending them and supporting me from last week's episode, which was, like I said, very scary to do. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you go to instagram.com slash grown ass fandom it should be up if it's not up the little thing so you can fill out if it's not up just follow and i will put it up as soon as possible i'm sorry i'm doing the best i can i love you guys thank you so much for listening and i will talk to you next week probably next wednesday okay bye Yeah.